What's up, everybody? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Monday, December 16th, 2019. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside creative director at Zanzaru Games, Matt Kramer. Hey, what's up, Greg? Not much, Matt. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me here. Thanks for wanting to come here. Matt, yeah. you, I, we've been friends for years. Yes. We, yes. I, we fell in love together, what, when you were doing Sly back in the day? Yep. Way Some back. old uh, Sly Cooper Thieves in Time back at uh, when you were at IGN. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A long, long time ago. Yep. And then, you know, you did Thieves in Time in there. You left it on a cliffhanger. You we walked did. away never to touch it again. And now you make VR games. We do make a ton of VR <laughs> games. Yeah. <laughs> VR is where it's at, man. Is it There's, now, man? Yeah. yeah. We, See? Woo! Yeah. PlayStation VR show, youtube.com slash kind of funny games next next week. Next week it's happening. <laughs> yeah, Season no, we, we we love VR yeah. and um you know, just as a medium, you know, uh, being able to push games in a space that's never been done before. Yeah. Uh, and working with, you know, Jason Rubin's group and Oculus yeah. has been fantastic. Um, they really have given us, you know, creative uh, freedom to, to make some fun, creative stuff and push the boundaries like, you know, no one else has. Well, that's the thing, right? I mean, your latest release, Asgard's Wrath, out right oh, now. Oh, yeah. Reviewing very well. And I yeah. think it's that thing because, you know, it's what you, you, when I went to, when I got my first Quest demo and I came downstairs, my mind blown, you were there and I was like, hey, what, what's up, Matt? And you're like, come play my game. Yeah, it's yeah. not a Quest. It's this because it has to do this. And the thing you kept pushing, right, is that this is a real RPG yep. in VR. It's not like we're not half-assing. You're not according as this is. You want to be in there for hours and hours. Now. Yeah, I mean, you know, as a studio, we're always trying to make full, you know, action, adventure, game experiences. And um, we've played all the little demos. We've played all the, you know, smaller experiences on VR. Yeah. And having the experience to do something that's a full game that people can enjoy. Sure. You know, it, we want to make it like a PS4, XB1 experience yeah. in VR. And, you know, working with Oculus, they love the idea. They backed us on it. And it's just been an excellent creative, um, you know, experience. Was all there trepidation, though? Because I think, you know, right now when you talk to people about VR, yeah, and mainly people who probably don't play that much VR, there's this belief that, well, people don't want to be in the headset for more than 15, 30 yep. minutes. They don't want to be there. They don't want to do that. Exactly, it's, Kevin, it's not. Gary Whitty, shut your mouth. <laughs> Dude, it's totally not true, especially, you know, with Asgard's Wrath. I mean, I see people in there. You know, we would go to shows. We'd go to GDC, yeah. E3 and stuff, and we had to peel people <laughs> off the demo because they just want to keep playing it. Um, and, you know, that's, that's what we want to make. We want to make experiences that you're comfortable with on a pancake 2d game sure and bring that to vr and the reception on wrath has been fantastic yeah. i mean you know we have people in there for hours on time um and you do get a lot of skeptical people the sirens are on our end he's we right here to point out we have no i'm not, not right it's here. the other santa let him in <laughs> um but uh you know you get a lot of people that are used to you know those types of games and they're yeah. like i don't want to play vr because you know i want those big games and then they a little skeptical about putting the headset on and sure. all that, but with Asgard's Wrath, people have just put it on and they're in the world. They don't want to take it off. Yeah. And as a developer, you know, because we think of those skepticisms, we're like, are people really going to play the game for that length of time? Sure. And they're in there for hours. That's awesome. So it, it's been a really, you know, a true testament to what the medium has. We've talked about the tech and the genre. What is the elevator pitch for Asgard's Wrath? Uh, Asgard's Wrath is an action-adventure RPG game. Um, you're playing as a fledgling god, like Loki has kind of taken you under his wing. Uh, and you're, I don't trust him. Yeah, a lot of we, forms of media do, have taught me not to trust him. We do mix up the characters, though, okay. you know, because we know uh, people know 
who Thor is. They knew who Loki is. Yeah. Um, so it's fun to play with those characters and do things that is, that's unexpected. Sure. Um, so Loki takes you under his wing. Um, you, he basically wants these um, kind of like these little crystals, you know, the, these stones. And the way you get these crystals, these stones, is by going to different um, locations around Midgard. Yeah. And you're helping humans. Like, you're a god form. And then you're going down and helping a little human character. You're switching back and forth perspective-wise. And then you're finishing that character's story arc. Each character has their own story arc, own abilities. Yeah. Um, and then when you fulfill their destiny, it manifests that stone that Loki wants. Mm. Um, and it's really cool because each act in the game has uh, different animal followers. You're going to be picking up animals, converting them into these little animal warriors. Uh, you can high-five them, fist bump them, all <laughs> kinds of stuff. It's got all the action RPG stuff that, you know, everyone loves, you know, stats, you know, uh, crafting. Sure. Um, and, and each of those acts is in a different location, and you're playing as different characters with different story arcs. So basically, you know, you're going to start the game, you're going to think it's one thing. You're going to play act one. You're playing with, you know, Ingrid, the, the maiden. And uh, then you get to another act, you're controlling a completely different character, switching between the god. And that's something that Sanzara really likes to do, is make unexpected games with twists and turns. You know, sure. I, I don't want to look at a game and, you know, look at the back of the box or see the trailer, and I'm like, mm, I kind of know the whole know game. Know the entire thing. It, yeah. It's like when you watch a movie trailer and, you you know... You, they ruin everything. They ruin I everything. It. I want to do the opposite. I mean, like, completely throw people for a loop and create those exciting moments, because... I mean, ultimately, that's what's going to get people to finish it and, and go through it and really be enthralled, you know, in the world and, and uh, you know, what it has to offer. And this game, it's funny watching people's reactions to, to playing it because, um, you know, we've seen people playing it and there's so many oh, wow moments where we really surprise, uh, y you know, players. And it, oh, 100%. It's, yeah. I mean, I think when I, got, when I got paired up with my shark warrior, yeah. All right. Cool. I can yeah. Get down with everyone this. loves it. They call out the street sharks and uh, some teenage mutant ninja turtles. It's <laughs> it's been a blast. Matt, believe mm. it or not, there's more to talk about when yeah. it comes to Asgard's Wrath. But oh, we'll yeah. save it for reader mail. Uh, instead, okay. right now, we got to start talking about PlayStation hiring. What well, Tottenham's reviews are hitting, and Apple Arcade is changing its subscription model because this. It's kind of funny games daily. Each and every weekday on a variety of platforms, we run you through the nerdy video game news you need to know about. If you like that, be part of the show. Patreon.com slash games with your questions, comments, concerns, and everything under the video game sun. Then tune in to watch us record the show live. Twitch.tv slash games. If you're watching live, you have a special job. Go to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong and tell us what we screw up as we screw it up. So we can set the record straight for everybody watching later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosterteeth.com, and listening on podcast services around the globe. Housekeeping for you. Kind of Funny Day 2020 is officially... I wrote June 3rd. January 3rd. Don't listen to that. <laughs> Don't read my notes if you ever see my notes that you never see. January 3rd. Uh, it's an all-day stream, and you, we will answer the question, or you will have to answer the question, are you ready for Kind of Funny Games 4.0? Dun, dun, dun. So yeah, did you fix that? Because then other YouTube, YouTube's gonna eat me alive. You know what I mean? Did you fix it already? All right, thank you very much. Uh, next week's schedule is nuts for the holiday as well. As you know, uh, kind of funny. We like to give people time off here and there. And so next week, uh, no shit. Kevin, don't laugh at that. 
We like to. Do we do it often? No, but we like to give you the time off, all right? Remember when we forget that we don't have time off or that we should have time We off? fixed that this year. I, I, this I, year I, we fixed I, that. I think Kevin should stay here and keep working. I've been saying that, too. Gary Widow wanted to do a Widow Wednesday on Christmas. Yeah. Kevin did. would not hear it. No. Uh, next week and the week after, we are kind of off until June. Uh, jam it. I'm writing down my own thing. January 3rd, because I keep screwing my own so well. But that doesn't mean there's no content for you. Uh, kind of Funny Podcast and the Kind of Funny Games cast roll on. And if you need daily content, Content. The PlayStation VR show is posting youtube.com slash kind of funny games on the daily, with the exception of a Mandalorian review being out there and stuff like that. Ooh, I'm nice. sure Joey will put up a whole post about it eventually, and you'll know there. But that's what I know right now when only Kevin and I are in the office. And Matt and my mom. Hi, Mom. Uh, thank you to our <laughs> Patreon producers, Blackjack and Mohammed Mohammed. Today we're brought to you by Third Love, Upstart, and Logitech, but I'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin the show with what is and forever will be. The Roper Report. Time for some news. Three items on the Roper Report. A baker's dozen. And it is clearly almost Christmas time because nothing has happened in video games. <laughs> uh, however, number one, Kevin. Yep. Don't send in your resume yet. PlayStation is looking for a head of strategy for Worldwide Studios. All right. Whoa. We're gonna run through and see if you hit the criteria before you send anything in. All right, Kev. Uh, the position is described as this: the head of strategy and market intelligence will collaborate with global leadership team of Worldwide Studios, Sony Interactive Entertainment, and Sony Group on strategy development, uh, strategy implementation, maintaining industry-wide perspective on key trends, distilling insights and implications for Worldwide Studios, and support Sony Group in M&A. That's what? What is M&A? You think? Market and analysis, probably? Yeah, something yeah, like, like that. that. Yeah. And new, partnership new activities. <laughs> this role reports to the head of Worldwide Studios. Hey, that's Herman Holst. Uh, more responsibilities here. Co-creates the longer-term strategic growth ambition 2020 through 2024 <laughs> through organic growth, innovation, and M&A. Uh, drives the strategic planning process in partnership with a select team of topic experts within Worldwide Studios, SIE, and Sony Group, including external landscape reviews, uh, customer insights, growth opportunity assessment, and decision support. Define how Worldwide Studios can support SIE's business priorities and strategic initiatives and coordinate this accordingly. Uh, identifies, excesses, uh, identifies, assesses, and prioritizes strategic growth opportunities capitalizing upon market conditions industry trends, competitor moves, consumer trends, and new technology developments. Kevin, are you prepared for the role of your lifetime? I wasn't listening. What happened? Okay, you're not going to do it then. Matt? Yes? What do you read into this for Sony Worldwide Studios? I think it's all all good news. Yeah. I mean, you know, I know they're moving people around, and, um, you know, Sony is uh, smart. I think they're on top of their game. They got some great games coming out this year. Uh, I think their portfolio lineup looks fantastic. You know, hopefully we get some PS5 next year. Oh, yeah, um, definitely so, get some PlayStation 5 next year. Yeah, so I, I think it's all good news across the board. For you, somebody who knows Sony so well, right? Because mm-hmm. you did, of course, the Sly Collection and then Sly Thieves in Time. Yep. Uh, when you look at what their strategy is, when, how they've announced the PlayStation 5 stuff so far through these Wired articles... Do you look at it and think they're making the right choices? Is that even like something you think about when you look at it, or is that just how it is? I I think from a developer standpoint, yeah. for for us, it's I want to know what the hardware is. I want to know what it can do. I want to know what the controller looks like. What's the in and ins and outs of it? Um, but I mean, they're you know really supportive of their hardware. So I'm really looking forward to you know seeing everything they have to roll out moving forward. Sure. Yeah. Do you think, because I, I, I think, when, and granted, all I do is talk into microphones, and I have no business sense whatsoever. Yeah. 
Did you guys think when you were working on the Sly stuff so closely with PlayStation that you were on a track to become a first party one day? Because I thought from the outside we'd always have that conversation: who's yeah. the next, who's the next studio that will get snatched up, right? Yeah, yeah. And we always like Insomniac will never let it happen. Yeah, <laughs> egg was on our face on that one. But you guys yeah. would come up in the conversation, right? Because it did seem of that course. you were there for Sly. Because I remember too. Correct me if I'm wrong. If people don't know, like the way you got the Sly collection was you in eventually Thieves in Time, is that. You guys just made your own slide demo, right? Where you're like, we really want to do this. Yeah, we did. Um, we originally did um, our own slide demo. We did a slide Thieves in Time pitch for the game. Like, yeah. what would the story be? Um, and then that led in, you know, we brought Sony over and you know, showed them that. And like, wow, these guys are really into this. They, they really want to they do love it. This raccoon. Um, and then they gave us uh, the collection. We did collection. And then we went back and, and started Thieves in Time. Yeah. So, yeah, we have an excellent relationship with them. We also did a uh, God of War collection for Vita. Oh, yeah. Which yeah. we worked with uh, Bluepoint, I think, was the developer yeah. on that. Um, so we, we love working with them. Sure. And, you know, I, I'd love to do more Sly. Yeah. Of so, course you, would, yeah. you know, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. But so. so when we were on the other side, because I know you listen to the shows every so often, mm-hmm. when we'd be saying that, were you laughing at us? Because you obviously were on the road to doing VR stuff on Oculus. Yeah. Uh, you, you did... um. The Sonic stuff too, right? Yeah, we yeah. did uh, Sonic Boom, uh, Shattered Crystals, and then Sonic Boom, Fire and Ice. Yeah. So th- those were great. I absolutely loved working with oh, Sega. Sure. Uh, the first game, we had an extremely short time. I mean, it was like nine months to get that thing done, ten months. No problem, right? Um, and Sega was very happy with it, and, and they gave us you know uh, opportunity to do a second one, and we did the pitch for that. So, so do you like? Do you guys really revel in your independence that you can just go do whatever? We you do want? like that. I mean, it's nice to you know, as a portfolio, as a studio, you know, we want to work on all different mediums. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I want to be better at what I do. I want to work on different hardware uh, with different people, with different creators, and I think it just makes us stronger as a as a studio. Yeah. So I want to yeah. talk about. Yeah, more yeah. Sly Cooper? Well, that for sure. Yeah. That's coming up in Reader <laughs> Mail. That's definitely the question that I already have out there. But I want to talk about how weird you feel like you can get because okay. number two. Yes, yes. Wadham reviews are out. How do you say this? I already oh, got corrected by an antibiologist. Know. He says it's wa- it's it's W A T T A M. Kevin, it, how do you say this? Watam. Watam is how Because that does that's how I, I, I just I just it, do that right it's now. Like, Wadham? Like Wado? Wadham? I have I'm no gonna idea. say Wadham from here on out. Just say, Wadham. Just say it your way, it's fine. Well I think it Watatum or Watata. No, that's stupid. Watatum. I don't even know what you're thinking Wado Watatum. Watatum. Wato Watatum. Wadam reviews are up right now. Of course, yep. a weird game from the creator of Nobi Nobi Boy. IGN gave it a 9.0. Wow. Tom Marks writes, uh, Wadam is a weird and wild fever dream of a game. I want to check this out at 9.0. Did I get that right or did I screw that up? The, that sounds must, high. Must have made a mistake. That, that sounds high, this right? Is the poo game. I thought it. Well, yeah, this is the poo game. Yes, uh, Kevin. No, that can't be right. I'm scrolling down here about eight. They gave it an eight. eight. I thought okay. my notes were wrong. Okay. Yeah, see, see I've checked out. I've checked out on this week as well. Why is anybody working this week? I don't know. I've asked over and over again. I. Uh, Let's try again. Eight point oh from IGN.com. Tom Marks writes, uh, "Wadham is a weird and wild fever dream of a game, but it's the most enjoyable fever dream I've ever had." It's loop of using ridiculous anamorphic characters to complete simple tasks in order to gather more ridiculous anamorphic characters succeeds thanks to the silly and fun situation it puts you in, even if it's not the most complex or challenging loop to begin with. I can't help but feel like some of the most interesting ideas Wadham uses to shake things up aren't fully explored, but being a part of this friendly world, however briefly, is a true joy. 
Meanwhile, over on Kutaku, uh, Mike Fahey gave it a positive review as well, writing, at the beginning of the... Uh, hold on. Yeah, okay. I'm, so I'm, what I'm doing is taking his first paragraph and last paragraph here to cobble together a consensus of a review you, you should go read. At the beginning of Wadham, the latest PC and PlayStation 4 game from Kata, the Katamari uh, Damacy creator, I control a green cube with a face and a bowler cap, sad and alone in a dark world. Then I make friends with a small rock, then a large rock. I tip my hat uh, to my new friends, and a confetti bomb rolls from underneath the hat and explodes. Then the sun comes out. End paragraph. I've written a lot here, and I get the f- feeling readers unfamiliar with Wadham or the work of the d- creator of Katamari Damacy uh, will, have, uh, any, will, will have any idea what sort of game this is. I think he means will hmm. not have any idea what sort of game this is. It's a borderline nonsensical puzzle adventure about restoring a dead world, one object with a face at a time. It's adorable, goofy fun, which I believe is something we could all use more of. Hmm. I had gone and done a preview of this uh, a couple months back on Kind of Funny Gamescast. Uh, everything they're saying is 100% correct. It is super weird, goofy. It yeah. is just, yeah, the, the, I think Mike's uh, intro paragraph there sets the stage so well of just being a lonely green cube that slowly brings everything else together. I think it looks really interesting. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I love creative, weird, out-of-the-box stuff. Uh, huge Katamari fan. Yeah. Uh, Nobi, Mo- Nobi Nobi was interesting. Yeah, I didn't um, like Nobi Nobi. I, I loved Katamari. Yeah. Like, I, that was one of those games I was even playing back, you know, in Missouri or whatever. Like, But to get out here when Nobi Nobi Boy dropped, I remember Clements trying to make a big deal about it at yeah. IGN to me, and I'm like, it just doesn't work. I that, don't. that one was hard to get into, yeah. but I love the art style, and, uh, you know, to do anything different, new, and creative, you know, I'll give it a try. Yeah, that's my thing. So. Play, from what I played of the event, which is through Mike's preview, not all the way to the end, obviously, Mm-hmm. But eventually getting to, yeah, where I was throwing poop, uh, there was poops walking around that I had to get into the toilet. That there was a toilet there, too, that needed poops to then grow into the thing that gave there the giant go. flower, that gave me the giant that, that That'll get in an eight right there. Exactly, right yeah. there, you know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> My question for you, yes. Matt Kramer, video game developer, is how do you go about making a game like this and getting it published and getting partner? You know what I mean? Like, how do yeah. you make a weird game? Because our, our industry is so risk-adverse, right? They yeah. want sequels. They I, want proven things. I th- I think a lot of it in the, in this case is you know there's a proven track record. Yeah. You know Katamari sold extremely well. Uh, I don't know what Nobi Nobi sold, but you know there's a reputation there, uh, a creative idea. So I think with those things, you know, together, I think yeah. there's there's people that will take a, a role on it and see how it how it does. And I'm sure, like, cost-effectively, it's not. I mean, it's a smaller game. Sure, so. of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For you guys, when you're at Sanzaro and you're thinking of making a weird game, mm-hmm. do you ever stop yourselves and, like, that is too weird? We need to dial it back. We need to make it more something like this? Because even know, Asgard I, Wrath being a god, right? And yeah, but take- we, we have, you know, at Sanzaro, we have such a creative, um, y- you know, group. We put a lot of humor into our work. Yeah. Um, we, we've got some great writers on staff, you know, Grace Lingad, our, our other creative director, she's fantastic. Uh, lots of uh, jokes and funny things like that. And I remember I, I, we have a, a term now, like on, on Sly Cooper, if you remember, there's one mission where you were, uh, Bentley had a remote control car with yep. a chicken. And wow, uh, Sly. I, I remember when we were doing that, I was like, this is ridiculous. I was like, this, what, are we really going to spend our time making this chicken? <laughs> and uh, and and our game uh, game director uh, Bill Spence, he's like, no, we got to do it. This is going to be awesome, and um and it turned out great. And I was really happy with it. Yeah. So you know, we always call those kind of wacky, weird ideas, you know, chicken car ideas. <laughs> and uh, and you know, sometimes they work out, and sometimes they don't. But 
you know, to work in an environment where it's, it's open like that, to, to have that creative wackiness, uh, I think is good. You know, in, in Asgard's Wrath, you know, the, the high fives, the fist bumps and yeah. stuff, and, and a lot of the concepts in that game, people were like, what, what is this? You know, it's hard to see, you know, what the vision is going to be. Um, but if you work with the right publisher, you know, and they can see the vision and, and uh, you know, support what you're trying to make, um, then that, that's where we all want to be. You know, yeah. that's, that's where every, you know, creative game developer wants to be. So you're paired with the right people, you're going to make good things. Do you feel like you're in the place as a studio that you're able to come up with whatever idea you want and get it greenlit? Because that's always the thing is from a consumer side and from yeah. enthusiast press side, we only see the successes, right? I, yeah. Oh, here's Asgard's Wrath. That's a real game, right? Uh, Marvel's uh, Powers Unite, right? Oh, yeah. I talked. you were on the stage with me at Comic-Con talking yep. about that. Like, yep. So as I pay attention to your studio, I see you guys working and publishing or making games and yep. getting them out, right? But I have to imagine there's things that don't ever get out, right? There is. There's, <laughs> oh, there's definitely, I, I could tell you about a couple of those. Like, there's definitely uh, <laughs> games that, you know, we work on that, that don't come out. Um, but the normal flow of it is, you know, the publisher, you know, has some idea, you know, hey, we need an action adventure game or we need this type of game. Yeah. Um, we'll do the pitch, like PowerPoint pitch on that, and we'll sit with that group and go through it. Uh, and then f that from there, it'll be a demo. And usually what we like to do is make a full playable demo. Okay. You know, like I want the public, because they're paying the developer to, hey, you know, make this game for us. Sure. It's, we're paid for a service. So um, I want to make sure that they, you know, and, and the studio as a whole understands, understands, understands. Well, just, see, you're doing uh, the thing where your eye contacts with me, but the mic's over there. Um, yeah, but, you know, I, we want to make something that uh, is tangible. You know, sure. we want them to see it. Well, that's got to be such a way to sell it, it right? It's like, yeah. I can't imagine. I think, you know, you talk to even you guys with Sly, or I know another, and I'm not sure if this is a public story, so I'll just say, yep. another VR game I know that's in, happening where it was like, no, you can't just talk about it. You have yep. to show them. You have to give them something. You have to. You, yeah. and, it, and it works two, two ways because like as we're making that demo, that vertical slice, we're doing all of the um, pieces that are going to build the whole game. Like I'm looking at like, um, uh, you know, like, all the contextual moves, all the, you know, different mechanics, what are the different systems we're going to need, like, and try to bunch those into that demo. Yeah. Because it'll help us, you know, moving forward in development. You know, we have a lot of that stuff proven proven out, um, you know, and built when we're starting production. And it works on the publishing side because the publisher can look at it and they could show it to people around the office and be sure. like, hey, cool, look at this cool game, you know, Sanzar is working on. Uh, and it works both ways. It works for the development side and it works for the publishing side. Um, and it's also good to work out all the little kinks at that point. You know, like, uh, I don't like the way he looks, the character looks, or the way they move, or, you know, uh, a new piece of hardware came up and, you know, can you integrate that in, yeah. in, into the demo or whatnot, so. That's awesome. Yeah, and that's usually the normal flow we, we go through. Um, there are projects we've worked on that haven't, you know, come, come to fruition. Sure. Um, but for the most part, we've been really lucky. You know, we just have a great, talented staff and, um, you know, great group to bring things together. Okay. Number three and finally on the Roper Report, Apple Arcade's introducing a $50 annual subscription. This is Steve Watts at GameSpot. Apple's mobile game subscription service, Apple Arcade, now offers an annual plan, which can save you some money if you already know you want the service for a full year. The new plan costs $50 per year, which saves you about $10 off purchasing every month uh, individually. Mm. 
This is similar to the model Apple uses for its music and TV Plus services, giving a slight discount for committing to a full year. If you're already a subscriber, you can change your subscription to an annual one. You can find that option by tapping on your profile and then going to Subscriptions, Apple Arcade. Apple Arcade is an all-you-can-eat subscription service that offers access to roughly 100 games, some of them timed exclusives on Apple service. Plus, Apple promises that the games curated for Apple or Ar- Arcade have no in-app purchases. Hmm. Great move. I think it's excellent. I'm going to definitely do it. I've, yeah. I've been enjoying Apple Arcade. I still get in there and download the new stuff and screw around with the stuff that I still have. Neo Cab, I saw it in the GDC it Nindies event, and yeah, I'm yeah. needing to play it forever, and now I have it. It's on the iPad. I just haven't cranked into it yeah i i don't you know i'm right on the cusp to do it i had a friend of mine staying with me yeah and uh he had apple arcade he was showing me grindstone oh, by God, the um, Grindstone's so good who's it cappy, uh, cappy? yeah I, I love that i look i was a huge critter critter crunch fan sure. yeah yeah, yeah. Right. And, um, this is definitely that game and i love their art style animation yeah. all that but you know it's a great deal five you bucks, know man, five right? bucks yeah. and this is even better because to be honest i hate the subscriptions where you have to pay every month i just want to Get it done. Sure. Pay for it for a year and you don't see it again. Well, that's so. the thing is, like, I feel like it's such a a no-brainer. I mean, based on that launch lineup and based on the fact they have added since then and they have added yeah. games that are good since then. And, I, you know, I thought that it was nice to see it move in uh, conjunction with the Game Awards. Where the yeah. Game Awards, they announced that game and then I was in the audience at the Game Awards, right? And I think it was three or four minutes later I had the notification from Apple of, like, this game's been added. Oh, like, wow. That's cool when that works. Yeah, yeah. They, have, no, they do totally. struggle with discoverability and they do struggle still with telling you. Like, it'll be that thing where... They were pushing them, and I remember in the middle of the night on a Sunday night at one point, and, like, Monday you'd wake up and get the notification. It's like, whatever. Right. But, like, I know that they're there. I know that they're quality. I know that there's, you know, there's no in-app purchases, which is cool. And, again, yeah. it is Netflix. It is Game Pass. It is – they want me to be on that subscription or get my money now up front because, cool, they want me to forget about it, and they just auto-renew, yeah. and even if I don't use it. But it I is that thing great. that I forget until somebody comes in and is like, oh, you need to play that. Fran was just talking on the Gamescast about Mosaic, right? Mm, oh, mm-hmm. cool. When it, during the conversation, I went in, downloaded it, haven't started it, don't know when I will, but it's there, and I know it's approved, so good. Yeah. yeah. I also think it's good for you know families, you know, oh, people sure. with kids, because then they could play games, and you don't have to worry about them hitting doing. like yeah. the 99 cent, you know. I just spent $500 on whatever. So, <laughs> I mean, it's all paid for. So. You're a dad, right? Is that yeah. something that's yeah. happened to you? Have you seen no, this? Your no. kids bought a $400 you know, of Fortnite skins? No, they haven't. I, You know, my my kids, you know, I try to, you know, we're a huge Nintendo family. Sure. So, you know, a lot of Pokemon, uh, a lot of Switch. Um, you know, my daughter will play, you know, some PS4 once in a while. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we're a huge gaming house. Was that... We had this conversation recently on one of the shows, right, of, like, how to get your kids into what you like, right? And Mm -hmm. you can't force it. You can't, you know, push it on them. If you do, they'll rebel. And How did you introduce video games to them in a way that stuck? You know, in in our house, it's kind of hard. You know, I mean, my house is, like, geek central. There's, like... You have, like, 300 pinball tables, right? Yeah, there's (laughs) pinball machines, arcade machines, you know. And, um, you know, we're always playing games. You know, we're big into Star Wars. We're big into anime and, and stuff like that. So, I mean, they're around that stuff. Yeah. Um, they know all the Pokemon. So it's kind of it's kind of hard for them from not, birth they not, were have not this, to right? be in that. You know, plus, yeah. you know, as, as we were growing up, my, my oldest now is nine. So she was, she was in the studio when we were doing Sly. And, you know, she has seen us do all the Sonic games. And, yeah, yeah. you know, she's huge into VR. Like, she'll she'll that's put awesome. on the Oculus Quest. And, you know, that's like her treat for Friday. It's like, hey, if you do really good this week, I'll let, I'll let you use the Quest on Friday. Nice. So uh, it, it's just, it's been fun with kids. That's it's really been a blast. Really cool. Yeah. All right. Well, Matt, 
Yeah, what's up? I'm excited to see what your kids do in the future. <laughs> but that future is so far away. If I wanted something more immediate, say what came to the mom and grop shops, where yep. would I go? To purchase? No, I didn't, pre- I didn't prep you. You got to read this part here. I'm way off my game today. You got to read this, read this part right now. Oh, yeah. Underlined. Oh, you would go to the official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the kind of funny Games Daily show hosts each and every week. Yeah. Out today. Sorry, I got better about it. But again, why does anybody work in December? What is the point? Why are we here this week? What is the point, Kevin? I, mentally, I'm not here. Nobody's here right now. You know what I mean? Give me a whip it and let's just fucking forget about it till 2020. No? No, sorry. Out today. Travel Mosaics, a Paris tour on Switch. Treasure Rangers on PS4. Ground War on PC. Sapper on PC. Mahjong Gold on PC. Oh, boy. Bomber Fox on PC. And then one that I definitely need to see the trailer for, Kevin. Oh. Slippery Sausage on oh. PC and Mac. Let me see what Slippery Sausage oh, looks boy. like. I'm on it. Monday's always got a bunch of good PC yeah. games for you to come out. You know what I mean? While Kevin's looking up that, new dates for you. Farming Simulator 19 is adding mods to PlayStation 4 tomorrow, December 17th. Uh, God. Skellboy's launching January 30th, 2020 on Nintendo Switch. All right, throw it up here. No, rewind it though. I need that, I need that great graphic they just showed me. Slip inside as a sentient dog. Out to take out alien inhabited objects. Just a sausage floating around with a weird <laughs> pink tail. Master moving in one direction and spinning in another to survive 50 waves of varied enemies. If this doesn't come to PlayStation as a simple trophy get, I don't know what's wrong with it, but play a short game or go for a high score. Get him, sausages. Get him, you slippery sausage. <laughs> if you're not, if you're an a, a audio listener, it looks like asteroids, basically, but you're a sausage and there's color. Slippery sausage. There it is. But not like a lot of color. I mean, more. I mean, more color than asteroids, which is sure, black and white. Sure, you know no, what I understand. I mean? that. It, it is just weird gaming week, isn't it? We got we got poop and toilets, and now some sausages. Right, right. Yeah. Well, that's just that's day in day out around here on the on the list. You never know what you're gonna get. Uh, Scale Boys launching January thirtieth, twenty twenty, on the Nintendo Switch, and then pointing out that Overcooked 2's next uh, new update comes out Tuesday, the seventeenth of December. Sad about that, or Overcooked DLC. I mean, I've already proven time and time again I'm better than Joey. It's not even close. You know what I mean? It's that ridiculous. Embarrassing. embarrassing. Yeah. Until she hurt me really badly. <laughs> Great Watch game. Halloween Hellscape. Overcooked? Yeah. Yeah. Is that a family game you're That's playing at home? That's a family one. That's Is a that leading one. to fights and crying and tantrums? A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And my, and my daughter will play it solo, too. Yeah. So. Of course. Yeah, of course. she digs it. Nice. Uh, now it's time for Reader Mail. You can write in to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames where you can get the show ad-free. And speaking of ads, Greg Way, this episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily is brought to you by Third Love. Third Love does bras differently. They believe that every woman deserves to feel comfortable and confident every day. With the right kind of support, they help her do this. Their bras are designed to fit you, not the other way around. Designed with measurements from millions of women, their bra styles are made to fit your life. They have over 80 bra sizes, but... Now, you know that the only one that matters is yours. They make bras we believe in. Every bra is backed by their perfect fit promise. 60 days to wash it and wear it. And if you don't love it, return it. And returns are always free. Every bra is made for comfort with memory foam cups. No slip straps and smooth, scratch-free band with printed label. Uh, They believe in giving back. They donate all their gently used bras to women in need. All the kind of honeys who are wearing their third love bras love their third love bras and tell us about it all the time. Uh, Third love helps you identify your breast size and shape and find styles that fit your body. They also have the perfect fit promise. Every customer has 60 days to wear it, wash it, put it to the test. And if you don't love it, like I said, 
return it, and they'll wash it and donate it to a woman in need. Uh, returns and exchanges are free and easy, plus the Fit Stylist will help you via chat or email. Uh, so far, Third Love has donated more than $15 million in bras. Third Love knows there's a perfect fit for everyone, so right now they're offering my listeners 15% off your first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash games now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash games for 15% off today. Up next is Upstart. As most of us found out the hard way, getting into debt is easy. Getting out is hard, especially if your credit score isn't great. Thankfully, now there's Upstart.com, the revolutionary lending platform that knows you're more than just your credit score and offers smarter interest rates to help you pay off high-interest credit card debt. Uh, everyone knows my story. I moved here, needed a, a loan, went and got a loan. Interest rate not good because it didn't do anything Upstart does. Upstart goes beyond your traditional credit score when assessing your credit worthiness. They actually reward you based on your education and job history in the form of a smarter interest rate. Upstart believes you're more than just a credit score. They believe in you and understand that. They make it fast, simple, and easy to check your rate in just a few minutes. And the best part, once the loan is approved and accepted, most people get their funds the very next business day. Over 300,000 people have used Upstart to pay off credit cards and meet their financial goals. You should, too. Free yourself from the burden of high-interest credit card debt by consolidating everything into one monthly payment with Upstart. Uh, see why Upstart is ranked number one in their category with over 300 businesses on Trustpilot. And hurry to upstart.com slash kfgames to find out how low your Upstart rate is. Checking your rate takes only a few minutes and won't affect your credit. That's Upstart.com slash KF Games. And finally, Logitech. Hey, they have a new headset. It's called the Pro X headset from Logitech G. And guess what? I use it and I love it over there. You might say, Greg, you don't even play these PC games. Why would you be using this Logitech headset? N two reasons. Number one, I plug it right into my controller and it's great. It's what I've been playing Borderlands with over my desk. It's what I've been loving over there. Comfortable headset, really good microphone. It's got that blue thing in it. I don't even know what that means, but it makes it crystal clear. More importantly for me is that if you've ever done a podcast with me, you know that I often screw it up. I've just noticed that I've been looking at the one shot because Kevin usually puts me in one shots for these and I'm not on the one shot. Too late now. I'm too late now, Kevin. I've been staring at the wrong camera. Anyways, uh, <laughs> use that. But I, on, if you ever do a podcast with me, I usually screwed up and don't have the right microphone. And it turns out I've been recording on the uh, the computer audio. Terrible. This one, it's got one thing, goes right to USB, and the computer knows what it is. It's perfect if you're a moron like me. And I assure you, you probably are. <laughs> That's why you should use it. Uh, it's designed with the, the in collaboration. It's got a here's a whole bunch of things Tim would want to know about. Version 2.0 takes 7.1 channel surround sound further, uh, even more enhanced bass rendering, auto clarity. Uh, proximity cues, and more importantly, a new level of distance awareness, which differentiates, differentiates between near field and far audio. So if you pinpoint your enemy's location more quickly, it's a bunch of nerd stuff. It's really good. It sounds really, really good. <laughs> sounds cool. Right? And if you're yeah. a dumb dumb like me, it makes everything else easier. It's, it just works. That's what I love about it. I plug it in and it works. Uh, Pro X joins a complete setup of Logitech G gear, uh, developed in close collaboration with top esports pros, with Logitech G's most advanced tech and focused design. Nothing gets in the way of winning. Ask Nitro Rifle. For a limited time, Logitech G is offering our listeners 10% off any of their products at LogitechG.com. Use the code KFGAMES for 10% off today. That's 10% off all Logitech G products if you purchase from LogitechG.com with the code KFGAMES. Thank you, Kevin, for the one shot there. It was just, I was so into the headset. You know what I mean? Now go wide, Kevin. You were doing good. Now go wide, Kevin. Kevin, it's Christmas. Give me this gift. Go back to the wide shot. Oh, the transition, too. Man, I Someone's like getting spicy nine days from Christmas, and I like it. <laughs> the nanobiologist writes in to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames and says, Hey, Matt. You and your team have helped make some amazing remasters and remakes so far, and now you guys have released a huge RPG on Oculus. 
Can you please talk about the shift from third-person games like Sly, Spyro, Sonic, and God of War to VR first-person? Has it been difficult to develop this with this new perspective in mind? What are some of the unexpected challenges y'all have found, have you, and have they been fun to work through? Yeah. Um, so first of all, like, I mean, it's like, what kind of game are you making? What's the platform? Yeah. You know, obviously, if it's a game like Sly, Sonic, or, you know, Spyro, we, we already know those pre-existed, you know, cameras. They're going to work best for that type of gameplay. Um, but, you know, working in VR has been really challenging. I mean, a good challenge because, oh, sure. um, you know, in a normal game, we know where the camera is going to be looking. We know kind of everything's, you know, set in stone what you're going to see. Yeah. Uh, and in VR, it's completely different. You know, we don't know where your head's going to be, where your body's going to be. Um, and the body is a big thing. You know, Sanzaro Games uh, is one of the first, you know, developers that was doing full full body IK. So there's a lot of stuff where people What's are... IK uh, you know, inverse kinematics, you know, how... Oh, the, of course! Of yeah. fact, Kevin, how, I've, I've, I forgot about it, inverse I, kinematics. I, I didn't know that one, how, so... How the, uh, it's, you know, if you pull this, you know, how the rest of the arm it's and the body moves. But um, You only know it because your wife's an animator! Yeah. But, uh, but you know, we, we do the full body, so we don't know what people are looking at when sure. they're, we're holding certain things. Uh, you know, like on Wrath and Marvel, we did a lot of things where we had like Deadpool, for example. We had, you know, weapons on his back, weapons on the belt. Yeah. And, you know, we just don't know what people are looking at and what people are grabbing. Um, but it's been an amazing challenge, you know. And, you know, the stuff we did in Asgard's Wrath, you know, just I, I really think we took it to the next level with, you know, just immersing the player in the game. And you're really feeling like like you're there. Um, but, you know, I still think there's room for third person in, in VR. You know, you look at games like uh, Kronos, for example, which sure. is a third person game, uh, and, it, and it plays fantastic, you know. So I think there's room for, um, you know, even first and third, you know, like hybrids. Yeah, like yeah, Moss, yeah. another great example. Oh, yeah. um, and um, it's, it's really been a fun challenge. And as a developer, I think that's what we all want. You know, we want the challenge. We want to be pushed. Um, you know, we want to push the medium, and that's why as a studio we really have been in VR for so long. And that's the thing, yeah, I yeah. wanted to talk to you about that, is when did you guys ha make that decision that you actually wanted to? Because I know a lot of developers looked at VR and were like, that looks cool if we ever have the idea, and then they've yeah. never really had the idea. You guys, you know, at some point must have had that conversation, but then you really committed to it and have made so much stuff. Yeah, I, I mean, as a studio, I like the creativeness of that angle, and I see a future in it. You know, I, I think five, ten years from now, the stuff that we're going to be playing, yeah. you know, is e even now, like with the Quest. Oh, sure. It's been fantastic. You know, there's I used to be the guy in the computer room, you know, with the, the Rift headset, and I was just playing games by myself, but now I'm in... I'm out in the living room, you know, people are like, what are you doing? How does I just take the head, you totally. know, the quest and give it to them. And they're there playing Beat Saber or whatever, and they're, yeah. they're loving it. Yeah. So um, I see the potential in the medium. And as a game developer, I see the potential in what we can do creatively and what we can do to push the boundaries. Yeah. So yeah. not to say we're not going to do, you know, 2D stuff, but. Oh, I, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, 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 you guys have done 2D or not. Uh, you, you've done normal games. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> While you've been doing VR stuff. That's right? correct. Yeah. yeah it's not like did, you switched all the way over to being a VR studio. Right. Right. I mean, we did Spyro, yeah. you know, last year we worked on that. Yeah. So. Was there a moment though, like when you had, like how far back does it go where you guys were like, I want, well, let's talk about VR and do we want to actually do it? And how does that conversation go? Uh, we started time? with VR sports yeah. on, on the Oculus headset uh and it is just really eye-opening with the you know what it was the breaking point was the controllers yeah 
was the Quest or the you know the the, the wrist the yeah, Oculus yeah. controllers, um, and being able to see your hands in front of you and being able to like reach out and grab things and just seeing the potential of where that could go. Yeah. Uh, and just seeing you know different applications of it being used. I mean. And, and there wasn't that much out at that time to, sure. to, to, to utilize that. So as a developer, when I see things like that, I, I want to build for them. I want to make, make it better. I want to push the boundaries. Um, just like what we did with Wrath, it's like, you know, I'm a, I'm a hardcore gamer. Like, you know, just like our entire studio, we're going home, we're playing PS4 games, we're on, you know, Steam, we're playing everything. But there's nothing like that in VR. You know, yeah. there's just nothing that's a big full game and i think you know as a studio that was what we always wanted to strive to get to uh and so with wrath it's it's awesome to see the feedback and people playing a game of of that size and you get people you know like cory barlog he's like tweeting out like you know our game and stuff well, and sure. like, he's like oh man somebody actually did something good with north mythology yeah, you know what yeah. i mean no <laughs> there's this good he too. sucks <laughs> he sucks we hate him he's horrible <laughs> but you know when when you when you see the medium reaching that far you know and and you know people like you know shoe and stuff oh or, yeah or, and they're all like oh this is great and this is you know this it, it's nice to see that because if you see the reception from the outside you're like wow they think like us yeah, they want. There is a need for these kind of games. Well, that's been the. So. I think the. I don't want to say the good thing about it, but one of the interesting things about VR is that yeah. I feel when it was really getting going, and Oculus was happening, and Five was happening, and PlayStation VR was happening. There were these conversations of and money running to it, thinking mm-hmm. it was going to be the next big thing, but thinking it was going to be the next big thing overnight. And I thought PlayStation yeah. had their head on straight, and clearly Oculus does in the same way. Yeah. Of like, no, not really. And so as people have run away from it and gone like, oh, man, it's not there, blah, 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 blah. It's left not only a community that I always talk about, of how great the Quest community is and how great the PlayStation VR community yeah. is and how supportive they are. It's how supportive the developers are and publishers are of each other. Yeah. In the way that I think you don't hear, like, when if – I'm trying to think of a good example, and it's not apples to apples, but, like – you don't hear people ask when Microsoft announces an exclusive game if it's ever going to come to PlayStation. Mm-hmm. But like when Valve comes out and they're like, Half-Life Alex is this, right? And then there's this conversation of, well, will it ever come to PlayStation VR? Mm-hmm. And it's not an outright no. It is very much of like, everybody gets that if you're a VR person, you're in this together right now. Yeah. And so the success of the any game, any platform is a success, is a success for everyone. It really is. Yeah. And, and the community is so tight. You know, we're really, you know, I'm looking at their games. You know, we're looking at, you know, Lone Echo and everything that Ready at Dawn's mm. doing. Um, Dude, another, you want to talk about another studio that is always like, is PlayStation going to buy them, but is now just off doing amazing VR stuff. Ready at Dawn. Every amazing. one of those, every time I play those Echo games. Yeah, and uh, another really good one is uh, Wilson's Heart, you know, the Twisted Pixel guys. Oh, right. Um, right, right, right. They are killing it on VR, and, you know, we just have a great, tight community. Um, we're always talking, we're always sharing, um, and that goes cross-platform. You know, we talk to a lot of guys that do you know, PSVR oh, sure. exclusives and stuff. Um, but it's nice to be at a, at a point in our industry where it's that close, yeah. you know, and we're sharing technology. We're playing everyone's games, um, seeing what they did, how they did it. And, and it's nice to be on the cusp of that. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a cool revitalization of what you read about of what it seems like the early days of games were, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, Before totally. it was this big... Big business, people all over the world, everybody siloed trying to do their own thing. Totally. Yeah. And, and you know, we're, we were both at the VGAs l- last week, and it's like that award isn't like the showcase award yet, but I'm telling you, like, the next 
five, ten years, totally. like that's going to be, you know, up on the stage, you know, and you're going to have so many people playing. I think the, you know, what people want out of VR, I think your game is a great example of we're all, we're there. Uh, yeah. But it's also the fact that like when you, the quest is magic, it when really you put is. on the quest and it just works and it's in your ha- and it's like, wow. And the fact that five years from now, that will be the experience, I assume, across all VR of PlayStation VR, I hope of so. whatever Oculus is doing and having it be the high end, you know, however it's all communicating, working and streaming technology. Like, yeah. When that is the experience, I really do feel like that is when it we're gonna be the dominoes have tumbled and everybody's in on it. Yeah, it's it's not only that, but you know, alongside that, we need software. Sure. Oh, of you course, know? of so course, of course. You can't. Nobody buys the headset just to have the headset. Yeah, which, which is great. You know, seeing a lot of these exclusive games to push. You know, yeah. all that hardware and the just the ease of putting it on. Like you're saying, it's like the quest. Like someone can buy that and like you're set up in like ten minutes. Yep. You're playing something. Yeah. There's no wires. There's no anything. Thing. Um, and I've seen people, you know, buy one and they're just like, this, they're just blown away. Just totally. At how simple it was to set up. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And let alone like now the fact that you can tether it, right? USB C to a computer and that then you have a rift. That is awesome. Yeah. The te- because, you know, when we originally launched uh, Asgard's Wrath, you know, we had a lot of people that were just with the high end PCs with the, you know, uh, the rift headset. Yeah. Some people were on the fence. Do I want to get into VR? Do I not want to get into VR? And then the, Link came out, yeah, and then like on Reddit and you know our Discord channel and stuff, I see people that had were like, I went out and bought a Quest with the cable just to play your game like That's this, awesome. and it runs. You know they're playing Stormland and they're playing everything through there, so it's it's awesome to see. Yeah, and that's the stuff you're talking about of like. As it all happens, right? These dominoes continue to fall, and the software's there, yeah. and the hardware's there, and it is making for an experience that isn't. 30 minutes of troubleshooting why the camera on the wall isn't seeing totally. the thing, right? Or like I've walked out of the boundary. Like that's, you know, you talk about being in the living room with your quest. It's the same way for me. And I love the, that ability of to be able to play. And then if Jen calls for me just to lean my head through the boundary I've yeah. created and see her in black and white and have oh, that yeah. real, I'm not gone. You know what I mean? Like yeah. when I play PlayStation VR, it's headset, this thing. You're and in I'm, there. I'm taking over the entire living room. Get out so I don't punch you in the face. And I have no idea what you're saying to me. I, and I can't have I do that all the time. When I when I was first doing that at my house, I'd have my beer on the yeah, table, yeah, yeah. you know. I'm sitting there playing Beat Saber or something. And then I'll walk over, walk out, grab the beer <laughs> with the headset on. Yeah. She's like, what do you do? How do you? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's just awesome. It's awesome. Yeah. It's a great time to be alive and making VR games, playing VR games, right? Yeah. Now. Yeah, totally. Um, okay. Frank Furter says on patreon.com slash kind of funny games. <laughs> Good morning, Greg and Matt. We are now in a post game awards 2019 world and people are making memes out of the new Xbox and even some creative skins for it. While we are still so far away from the Xbox Series X coming out, do you think memeing the new Xbox will help their marketing out or hurt them? Usually, memes are jokes, but if we keep seeing Xbox Series X go everywhere, do you think people will just buy it? I, to be honest, like when I see marketing stuff like that, yeah. I think it, it's gold. Yeah. I, I think it's free it's free publicity. It's, it's a, free any publicity marketing. is good publicity, right? And, um, you want to be talked about. Yeah, you want to be talked about. Yeah. And I, I think it's positive all around. Yeah, by the time you get to where it's out, actually out next holiday season, everybody will have come to terms with the fact that, yes, it's a tower. Yeah. Everyone will understand that you can lay the tower down. I saw Destin Gary get drugged through the streets of Twitter for not knowing that. He's like, I'm on vacation. I'm sorry I didn't listen to the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's the same thing. We all become so accepting. I've seen... So much backlash, not even backlash, I shouldn't say that. So many conversations about people not agreeing with the naming convention of how it's going to be confusing. It's going to be this. And it's like, 
when I talk about the Xbox One, and I'm oh, are you getting on PlayStation or Xbox? No one goes, oh, do you mean Xbox 360 or Xbox One or mm. Xbox One? And it's like, no. By this, You understand yeah. what it is. Once this becomes current gen, it's the Xbox. It's, yeah. We're talking about the Xbox. We're talking about this thing. I think it'll just be helpful. I think I think the design's cool. I think I, I, I really like it. Yeah. And, you know, if you look at history, you remember, like, the Switch came out. Totally. No and there was all the, the puppy dog, yeah. you know, yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the controller like that. You know, yeah, yeah. It, it all works in, in its favor. So Yeah, it'll be fine. Don't you worry about it. Hi, Barrett. Nanobiologist gets the final question of this Monday, the final week of content, kind of. You know what I mean? Whatever. Hey, Greg and Matt. I've been playing Forza Eliminator all weekend, and in a surprising twist, I now love Forza Horizon 4 way more than I ever did when it first launched. Now to a point where I, that I want to 100% all the achievements. Has DLC ever changed your mind on a game, good or bad? Mm. If so, what DLC was it? Was it a certain new feature that made you love or hate a game more? Or was it the existence of the DLC enough to push you over the line to either loving it 100% or hating it uh, more than you ever wanted to? Yeah, uh, you know, DLC is is really a mixed bag. You either sure. get, you know, the little things or you get the big package of it. Yeah. I, I think the one that worked for me the best was um, Horizon. Ooh, okay, Frozen you know, Wilds? Yeah, because it was just like a whole new yeah. game. Yeah. You know, it was like a whole chunk of content. Um, you know, and that, when that was released, it actually, it ended up reinvigorating me to go back and, you know, do stuff in the main game that I didn't, you know, 100%. Yeah. So I, I love seeing content like that. That's just like a big refresh chunk. I've seen it go both ways for me. I think, uh, I think of always that, uh, Prince of Persia reboot Ubisoft mm -hmm. did when I was at IGN. So what, 2008, 2009, this is a great, you're wrong, come at me. Wait, we were in the... Were we in the new office? No. So it would have been 2008, 2009, I'll say, uh, where Nolan North was the prince. And mm -hmm. if you remember, it ends on a cliffhanger, and then they did a paid DLC that was like the real ending. Yeah. And I was like, oh, mm. what a terrible decision. Why weak. would you do that, right? Yeah. And then in the, the different vein, uh, I think right now, Borderlands has been doing such a great job. Yeah. And uh, granted, I host the Borderlands show. Take it with a grain of salt if you want. Yeah, but as a huge Borderlands fan and somebody who played it and platinumed it, I'm still doing the thing of like, oh well, the DLC drops later this week, the first big DLC. So this weekend I was just running around True Vault Hunter mode, right? Like getting better gear, right? You know, grinding getting out my ready for it, getting my guardian points up, right? And it's to the it. I think it's the I, I compare that to the Division Two because in the mm -hmm. beginning of the year I was super stoked for 2008 Boards and Double Zero says uh, for Prince of Persia. Thank you. Uh, in the beginning of the year I was so excited for B Division Two. Got Division Two gobbled up division two platinum division two yeah but when the raid dropped and it was like oppressively hard it just killed it it was a capped off it just took me off where i was just like oh well right I need, when the gear level gets super high i'll come back so i can do this and they've never raised the gear level so i've never had this i need to go back and play yeah. division to keep going and now it's so gone it's, it's i'm so far removed from it that borderlands is still that drip feed of like all right cool there was the malawan takedown there's the big piece of dlc yeah. there's seasonal events they're still all week long they're putting out you know i, I codes. The, the drip like that i yeah. think is great if it's planned right yeah. i mean you got to plan that stuff really early yeah uh and you know really have a good cadence another one i think is even you know this year is uh marvel ultimate alliance 3 yes where the characters and the modes and like excellent I, you know i i, I uh this weekend uh, t powered it back on to jump in and look at some new stuff and it was like even for, I thought I was up on it to jump back in and be like, oh man, I totally missed what this changed and how this moved and these like new yeah. challenge rooms. Like, there's so much content. New, there. there was Gambit, I saw. Oh, from um, Game Awards? Yeah, yeah, it's the X Men pack that's coming out. It's Iceman, it's Phoenix, it's Gambit. Uh, oh, yeah, and then, uh, what's I'm um, forgetting somebody. 
the guy who's from the future and he comes back. Cable. And he's, uh, Cable. Cable. Yeah, 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 there was some good ones. Yeah. I'm you know what's a, one of my favorite expansions uh, along with Horizon is the great Monster Hunter. Oh, yeah. I mean, <sighs> come on. That, like, the expansion for that is like a totally new game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ice awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The DLC can be done so well to get you back into a game, let alone to come back in and appreciate it for something more yeah. than it was. Because totally. I think even looking back now, it's, you know, Ultimate Alliance, which at launch was, I loved that game. Mm-hmm. To see how much more content there is, and there is so many more reasons to keep playing it. Hell yeah, everybody. Yeah. yeah. Woo! It's time to squad up. This is where one of you writes into patreon.com slash games. Give me your username, platform of choice, and why you need help in a video game. I read it here. The best friends come and find you, and everybody plays games together. Today, Matt, you're squatting up. Okay. Where can people go get Asgard's Wrath? What platforms is it on? What Discord should they join? How should yeah. they hang out with you? <laughs> um, you can join our Sanzaru uh, Discord. Uh, we Our producer, uh, the amazing Mike Dorn from Oculus, he's always on there. Uh, our team is always on there. Uh, you can get Asgard's Wrath on the Oculus platform. Um, play it on uh, you know your old old school CB1 Rift. Play it on a Rift S. Um, and you know we're always there on Facebook and and Twitter, ready to hear hear from you guys. Excellent. Yeah. Now it's time for your wrong. That's where you write in as we're live. Tell us what we screw up. We read it here and we set the record straight. Uh, Nanobiologist has two. Number one, we missed Fortnite's Winterfest begins tomorrow. It's got a lot of free items. So there you go. Get on that. Did you ooh that, Kevin? Yeah. You going to get in there? Uh, no, I was playing sarcastically. Oh, really? <laughs> Last year, if you remember that, this is the time of year where I came back hardcore on Fortnite. And it was because of this. They were did dropping I? stuff. Huh? Did I? Yeah, you did forget that. You would never forget stuff, no, I no. tell you. Did I come back? Nobody cares what you did. They're talking about me. You care about what I did. <laughs> I do care what you do. There you go. Now you didn't come back. There you go. You gonna come back to Borderlands? You gonna do that DLC with me? Oh, I want to. And you know, in auto, it does the scaling. You'll be fine. You can play with me. Barrett's in. I'm Boss baby's in. Let's go. Thursday, boys. Let's do it. Borderlands or Fortnite? Borderlands. Or do you want Fortnite? No, I was saying Borderlands. Yeah, all right, right, Borderlands. All right, the team's back together. All right, there we go. And then Nanobiologist says, "Greg, you promised us a sly-related question today, but you didn't oh, read one. Boy. It's because the page flipped over. You're right. Nanobiologist had a PS on his question." Why have y'all forsaken Sly to ancient Egypt? When can he return home to Carmelita and finally be happy? Man. Of course, that's the cliffhanger ending to your game. That is. You know, Speaking I, of cliffhangers, I got to pay for it. You know what I mean? Come on. <laughs> uh, I, we, we love Sly. Um, you know, I, I'll, I'll tell you a tidbit of information. So uh, the original first episode of Sly Cooper Thieves in Time was supposed to be Egypt. Okay. With Sly Tutankhamen. Common. Yeah. Uh, and then Egypt was going to be uh, a DLC oh. episode. Okay. Yeah. So uh, that was always the the intention, and then yeah. you know we never got to to finish that out. Sure. Um, I do have the the you know in the team at, at Sanzaro, like we have the story, we have the whole episode done. Um, you know, in on paper of form. Of course. Of course. Um, but we would love to come back to that world. I, I, I hate leaving them there. It's yeah, the yeah, question yeah. we get the most. Sure. Um, so uh, all I can say is, you know, if, if you guys want more Sly Cooper, let, let Sony know. Herman Hall, um, set him up. Yeah, uh, but we're, we're ready. We're always ready to dig into that. Awesome. And uh, it's, it was a great franchise to work on, and, and we really miss it. I hope it. you get back to it one so. day. I liked what you guys did a lot with it. Cool. Thank you. No yeah, problem. it was a great project. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, let's run you through the rest of the hosts for the week. Tomorrow, Imran and Fran take over this show. They're running it. Wednesday, it's me and Gary Witta for the final Witta Wednesday uh, of the year. Not forever. Uh, Thursday, me 
and Victor Lucas. That's right. Electric Playgrounds. Victor Lucas will be in town. And then Friday, it's me and Fran at 11 a.m. We're doing an 11 a.m. show because before that is, uh, what, Kevin? You not familiar with this? No. You ever look at the calendar? Pfft, coward. Anyways, uh, before that, we're doing the review of, uh, what's the new Star Wars? Jedi's Walk on Water or something? No. Wattos. Wattos. Rise of oh, Skywalker. Skywalker. Yeah, I like mine better. Wado, wado, wado. You know what I mean? Anyway, so we're doing the review in the morning of that, so that'll run late there. Awesome. It is a great cookie. I made it. If it's the cookie I made, I'm not sure what you've shoved in your mouth. It is? Nailed it. Good job. Uh, Gamescast Thursday, 2 p.m. Of course, patreon.com slash games. Me, Tim, Fran, and Imran. That's how it works. Matt, you were lovely today. Thank you so yes, much for your time. Thank you very much for having me. Anytime. Everybody, hit them up. Get on the discords. Get on the Twitters. Play Asgard's Wrath. You got no excuse. Me and Kevin got no excuse. Our quest can plug right into a computer. What are we doing? You know? Yeah. Guys, get on it. And we it's, all, it's only like 40 plus hours to finish. <laughs> you got, you guys, come on. in VR. That's what you guys want, right? That's what you, I was talking you, about. You had a Christmas break coming up. That's true. So, yeah. That's, That's true. Quest. That's a great point. Are you taking the go with you? I have my own quest. And remember, we talked about this. I talked about how it was powered up. It's a great device. You had a part in that conversation. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every week to end a variety of platforms, we run you through the nerdy video game news you need to know about. If you like that, be part of the show. Patreon.com slash Kind of Funny Games with your questions, comments, concerns, everything under the video game sun. Then tune in to watch us record the show live. Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. You can watch it later. YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games. Roosterteeth.com. Or listen on podcast services around the globe. Until next time. It's been our pleasure to serve you. Greg, it had, batter right. it had batteries cut. I plugged it in. No, that, not the one at my house. <laughs> not the one.